Hello and welcome to the Should I Go See It podcast. I'm your host, Bill George. With me as always is AJ Rebecca. What's going on, Bill? Hello. Hey. Today we are here to talk about All the Money in the World, directed by Ridley Scott, starring Mark Wahlberg, Michelle Williams, and Christopher Plummer. AJ, what's this one about? Yeah, All the Money in the World follows the kidnapping of 16-year-old John Paul Getty III and the desperate attempt by his devoted mother, Gail, to convince his billionaire grandfather to pay the ransom. Bill, should I go see it? Yes with an if, no with a but. That's what are we doing? <laughs> was word word games? Mad Libs? Yeah, yeah. So this is a movie that has a almost more, I would say, maybe not even almost. It has a more interesting backstory behind the scenes about the movie than the movie itself, which oh, is okay. which is fine. The movie is a serviceable, solid thriller based on a true story. Yep. But the story behind it's way more interesting. So this movie was made with Kevin Spacey. It was. In the lead, excuse me, in the uh, John Paul Getty role played by Christopher Plummer here. Yep. After Kevin Spacey did the fall Kevin of Spacey, Spacey things, yeah. uh, they decided to reshoot the movie. But what's interesting is not only that they would undertake such a massive reshoot, which is odd in and of itself. You would think... I mean, this is a blockbuster action movie. Right. A lot of times they would just shelve the movie, honestly, if it wasn't, uh, depending on, on the circumstances. But in this yeah. case, they had a release date in December that they still wanted to make. They had already begun an Oscar push when Kevin Spacey was in the role, and they were the studio was not going to give up on this movie. So Ridley Scott agreed that he could reshoot everything with Christopher Plummer in, I think it was, you know, span of a couple weeks. What's interesting is after I've I've read about it and, you know, watched the trailer, I haven't seen it yet, watched the trailers and stuff, I can't think of Christopher, I mean, Kevin Spacey being in the role that, Christopher Palmer is in. Yeah, so... Like, Kevin Spacey is a grandfather, like an old billionaire, yeah. like, old money grandfather. If you go back and watch the original trailer, because they had trailers with Kevin Spacey in it. Like, that's how close they were to release when they decided to do this. Oh, shit. If you go back and watch those original trailers with Spacey, he's covered in makeup. Oh, my God. Yeah. Why, the, why, why didn't I watch this? It's got, he's got a ton of makeup and it's supposed to be, again, like an Oscar bait prestige movie where you have this younger person playing a much older character. They go heavy with the makeup and it was supposed to be kind of an interesting dynamic there. Interestingly, though, I did hear, uh, I can't confirm this, but I heard that Christopher Plummer was actually Ridley Scott's first choice for the role. Uh, but scheduling conflicts didn't permit it, so he went with Spacey. And then once this came up, Christopher Plummer was able to pop in and actually be the first choice. And I think it's a good choice. I think Plummer is really strong in this movie. And when I heard about the reshoots, I thought to myself, well, he's probably an ancillary character. They got to do a couple scenes. What are you going to do? And I'm watching this movie going, holy crap, he's in a lot of this movie. Like they had to reshoot a lot. And like what, like 30 days a month? Yeah, something, something crazy? crazy like that. Wow. Um, so really, really impressive. And then you have the, the, another layer of behind the scenes, yep. which was more recently that, um, in the refilming of the movie, there were scenes that included all three mains, which are played by, uh, Mark Wahlberg and, um, Michelle Williams, Michelle Williams. Basically what ended up happening in a nutshell is that Mark Wahlberg got a substantial more, substantially more money to come back to do his reshoots than, mm -hmm. uh, Michelle did, which caused a huge backlash and yep. in the last um, 24 to 48 hours because of that backlash Mark Wahlberg donated all the money that he got from the reshoots to the Times Up Defense Fund which is uh which is great but yeah it took a lot of yeah it's just another interesting twist just, yeah crazy story so uh, we the backstory is done in terms of filming this movie what yep. about the film itself bill like wh how was it was it a good action movie does it deserve the oscar buzz that it's getting for an action 
Uh, it's drama movie. It's not gonna. It's not gonna win any awards. Um, it's it's not top tier Ridley Scott. Uh, but it, even mediocre Ridley Scott is better than a lot of folks. Uh, so it's still a very strong thriller. Uh, honestly, Wahlberg is the weakest link. He's he's very he's just miscast. He's not a good. I want to go out and let, I know we're in the Boston area and it's like, you know, it's like Tom Brady and Mark Wahlberg on people's, you know, windows in Quincy, you know, that they, they put their Bud Light cans underneath, but like, he's not that good of an actor. No, he, he, he has his thing that he does, his Wahlberg thing. And that works in some scenarios, but it does not work in others. And in this case, you needed somebody with a little more heft and a little more emotion to carry this role like the way i thought of it if it had you know the dream scenario of like dicaprio or even if it had like uh, a tom hardy it would have that character would have had a lot more weight to it instead it's just Wahlberg running around acting slightly I mean, slightly irritated that, yeah. that's the entire movie oh my god it's a talking uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a talking teddy bear michelle williams is really good she her and christopher Plummer are the ones who are going to get nominated presumably for best actress and best supporting actor and I don't. I doubt they either of them would win, but I could. I could make the argument for either. Okay. Um, the movie is a little long too. Uh, yeah, it's, it's about two hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah, which you don't really need. Uh, the captive stuff was good. There's one like particular scene that was like very brutal um, captive movie. So if you're squeamish, watch out for that. Um, so yeah, it's not going to go down as as one of Ridley Scott's best. Um, but it's, it's good. It's again, it's based on a, a true story, which is interesting. And, and I didn't know a lot about it. Uh, I researched it a little bit ahead of time to have a little more information going into it. Yeah. And I talked to my parents who lived during it to see, you know, if they remember it. And anytime you get conversations like that, it's kind of interesting. Um, so I enjoyed it while I watched it, but it's not going to be a, a favorite of mine. What are, uh, what are other, I guess, action drama? Yeah based on real life movies that you would rather watch instead. So I don't have a pick that's that's a true story. My 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 best pick for this is if you want a hostage movie uh, that maybe has a little more room to breathe emotionally and a more emotionally stable centered lead, uh, you got the wrong Scott brother cuz I would say that Man on Fire by Tony Scott would be what I would recommend oh. in in place of this one. Okay. Uh, Denzel Washington brings more gravity to the role than Wahlberg. It's longer, which I know I complained about this one being long, but I, I, the reason Man on Fire is longer, it justifies its length because of the more emotional heft it brings to it and, and the dynamic and depth you get with the character relationships between the hostage taker. Sure. Uh, or excuse me, between the rescuer and the hostage. Uh, things like that. So, Man on Fire. If you haven't seen that, I mean, in my mind too. I mean, I, again, I haven't seen this film, but I could think of like maybe like Argo or Munich. Sure, which are great action hostage esque movies. And those are both true stories as well. Yeah. Yep. I would recommend both of those as well. I, those both got yeses on should I go see it? All right, Bill. So it seems like with a movie with a, a good amount of backstory and history, that it is worth the watch. But there might be some other movies that you would recommend instead for a more overall viewing experience. Yeah, there's definitely some better things out there and it might not be on the top of your list to go see immediately, but if you get around to it, I think it's worth a shot. But thank you for listening to the Should I Go See It podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't and follow on Instagram at Should I Go See It.